Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. So I thought today we, you know, just in our small talk beforehand, we're talking about tattoos and books. And I thought we were going to dive into those sides with our next guest, but I'm glad that he kind of told this whole story about where he got to start. And I was, I knew a little bit of it, but you were really surprised about where shocked. he's coming from. I had no idea that he basically, like what he does now. Well, you know, here's the thing. What he does now and what he went to school for and had his career in, how many times do we hear that over and over and over right. again? So in a way, it's it, for me, that's fun because mm-hmm. I get to hear like, you know, the origin story of all of these great business professionals that we have on the podcast. So yeah, it was really cool. I was exciting to hear. So Matt, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I was excited to have you on because I was thinking about this. We have known each other for 10 years. You say that with a very high pitch. I know. She does that. She does that with the animals too. I do. I I I listened to the podcast with Amy. Oh, and I, the dog. I heard, yeah, I yeah. heard you talk to the dog in the high pitch. Yeah. So probably about 10 years. Probably about 10 years, right? Yeah. Maybe a little more. Um... It could be. When did you sell sports sign up? Uh, so I've owned Sandler for seven years. So yeah, definitely. Because so I nine met years you. Ago? Yep. We yeah. met at Sandler That's through right. sales management yep. with Lorraine. Yep. One of my favorite people on the planet. She's but, awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so glad that you're here. This Thank is good. Thank you for the invite. So Matt, give us a quick recap of what you're doing right now, who you are, and, um, and then we'll jump into some other stuff. Cool. Well, again, thanks, Tom. Thanks for the invite as well. Uh, So I own Sandler. So Sandler is uh, kind of an international company. I own the Albany franchise and have for the last uh, just about seven years at this point. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Sandler, we train and consult in basically three different areas, sales, management, and that's that first level of management. I'm not a CEO coach or anything, and customer service. That's kind of the nutshell. Mm-hmm. And is there an area that's more popular than another? Are sales, like sales training, is that the big demand right now? Is it customer service training? And that's a really good question. And to my surprise, like when I look back and reviewed my 22 income numbers, mm-hmm. over half of my income came from customer service and management. And Sandler's always been known in the Capital District anyway as the sales, sales. training, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, but there's there's a definitely a shift towards training those first level managers. Thank God. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I wish I had it. Well, you, how many of us have been put into a role because we were really good at what we did? And since you're really good at what you did, now you're a manager yeah. and, and you give no support and no training. Yep. So, and I, it's, it's, it's still something that employers misstep on often. And yeah, for they take that, the read that you think, all right, this person performed well. Yeah, there's no reason why they can't do this. But again, no learning manual. No. No how to. Mm-hmm. Just here, here's the bucket of fire. Jump go. in. Totally mm-hmm. different skill set. Absolutely. And customer service, I mean, frankly, from where I sit, and this is just with my own you know, personal interactions, is definitely needed. Oh, you got a story for me? You got any good, any good stories? Just, you know, the fact that everyone you encounter in any service-related capacity just has like, they, they act like they're miserable. 
So no, when you are. actually <laughs> run across someone that is like smiling at you and pleasant, and I get it. Like I, I understand when, you know, people say this all the time, like, remember, you're not the only customer they dealt with mm-hmm. and they could have had like a day. I totally get it. And I, I don't know if I could do customer service. I mean, we do customer service, obviously, but in that capacity, whether it's a call center or being like face-to-face in like a retail setting or whatever mm. it might be. Well, they get beat up the most. You think about them, they take 100, 120 calls a day. Yeah. Yeah. They've got to have a smile on their face. And the ones that have been doing it five, eight, 10 years, and they're still smiling about it. And I used, I remember we, we've done our fair share, Miriam and I have call center recruitment. And you yeah. try, I always look at folks, I'm like, how do you keep the smile about? How are you so happy doing this? Because yeah. you don't call customer service because you're happy. No. You call them because you're mad or something's missing or something's broken or it didn't mm-hmm. arrive right. And you're angry. I didn't get this coverage. This wasn't paid for. Why is, like I had to call somebody today because a part from my hot tub was broken. I'm like, oh, this is annoying. I just bought this last year. Yeah. So yeah, that getting beat up all the time and still keeping yeah. a smile, that, that's, that's a set mindset. So when you're doing customer service training, are you doing it with like, is it call centers? Is it, you know, that face-to-face like transactional consumer to business type sale? What do you encompass? So it's not usually the transactional sale. It's not the Mm -hmm. retail sale type Mm -hmm. of customer service. It's not even face-to-face. So it's picking up the Mostly phone. phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. I deal with a number of managed service providers. Yep. So it's things like, uh, hey, I forgot my password. Oh, yeah. Or it's the printer's jammed, right? So the people who are taking those calls are the people that I tend to work with. And that's just a singular industry, but you get the idea. Definitely. Is there, when you're talking to those companies who are asking for the training for their team, is there a common theme on what they want you to focus on? Like, is there a theme across different industries or different positions in terms of, you know, I really want you to focus on this when you're doing the training? You know, it's funny because when the, the conversations start, it's always, hey, I've, I think my team needs this. And then we have a conversation and through the conversations, like, well, have you thought about this? And how does your team do about this? And at the end of the day, they're like, oh my gosh, this is a much bigger problem than I thought well, it was. I mean, always. <laughs> right? Because um, you, you don't want to admit it. And then, then you have this outside third-party source coming in as a helper, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. and pointing these things out to you. It's hard to ignore it when someone asks you about it. You're not going to lie as the business owner. So right. yeah, it's a, it's a bigger problem. Gotcha. Um, and it, it's everywhere from the people aren't using the correct grammar when they're writing emails. Oh, yeah, sure. To XYZ person blows up every time someone gets mad at them. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's everything in between. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with Sandler? Like this this wasn't your first gig. Not my first gig. No. And like I said, when Crooked we met, road. when we met, you owned another company and you were in a sales management oh. class yeah. with me. So tell us a little bit yeah, about your you journey. There? From the sports side of this. So when I started my career, I started in chemistry, actually. So Shut I, up. Yeah. I knew no this. kidding. Yeah. I, did yeah. not, had that conversation. I did not know this. Tell me yeah, more. So I, got a, I, I remember when I was in high school, I really liked chemistry. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a forest ranger for Christ's sake, right? So <laughs> I, I wanted to just go up in the Adirondacks. And, and of course, I didn't, my grades sucked in high school because I was a <laughs> student. Yep. Um, so I didn't get accepted into the Syracuse environmental science Mm -hmm. and forestry program. I didn't get accepted into Paul Smith. So I'm like, what do I do now? And I really liked chemistry and I was good at it. And I remember telling my high school principal what I was going to school for. And she looked at me and she says, oh, you'll fail. (laughs) (gasps) Are you kidding? No, no. Yeah. Good old Catholic (sighs) school. Um, That's rough. Was she hitting you with the ruler at the same time or... 
No, we were, we were past the ruler hitting days. Okay. You know, all my knuckles are intact and everything. <laughs> Thank God I'm right-handed. Uh, so yeah, at that point, I'm like, well, I'll show you, right? So I went to Hudson Valley, got a two-year applied associates in chemical technology. Awesome. Yep. And I enjoyed it. Couldn't find a job. Hmm. So when Eastman Kodak was a thing, when you actually used to have pictures printed, they were a big employer, Schenectady Chemical, which is not Schenectady Chemical no, anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't hiring. So nobody was hiring. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. So went back to school, got a pre-engineering degree because I thought I wanted to be a chemical engineer. Okay. Got accepted into RPI. And then it was like, eh, I don't think I want to do this. So I ended up in pharmacy school. No. Yeah, so oh, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, you know, I have a bachelor's in science and pharmacy. When I went, it was a five-year program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in my life, I started to get the bug. I, I always knew I wanted to own my own business, and I thought it was going to be a pharmacy. Okay. But I'm an old fart, and when I got out of pharmacy school, that's when all of the big conglomerates were coming in and chewing up all the small independent pharmacies yeah. and mm-hmm. paying big dollars for them. So my that pipe dreamed away on me. So uh, I never owned a pharmacy. Went to work for CHP, for those of you who have been around oh, Community yeah. Health Plan. Absolutely. Yeah. I was the supervisor of the pharmacy in Troy. So that was okay. my introduction to management. Yeah. And I got lured out of that into pharma sales. Yeah. So I worked for GlaxoSmithKline, and I worked for Eli Lilly, and I worked for Bristol-Myers Squibb, and that was my introduction to sales. And at the beginning, I loved it, and at the end, I hated it because yeah. it sucks. But I've always been a soccer guy. Sales and this sucks is what he does. from our sales training <laughs> oh, that, franchise come on now. owner. <laughs> Let's be Sorry. serious. Anybody I can't wait who, till all your customers hear this. <laughs> anybody who's been around pharma sales knows that it's not really sales. Yeah. Fair. No, it really isn't. So it's more like a courtesy, con- well, I wouldn't even say that. What would I call it? It's the... The wine and dine and feed me. That's what it was when I was there. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's like today. I, yeah. I certainly don't want to poo-poo anybody's career. You know, if you're mm-hmm. doing well at it and you love it, great. I just, it wasn't for, for me. For you, yeah, sure. It wasn't mm-hmm. my thing yeah. and I didn't like it. Yeah. Calling on the same physicians all the time, trying to talk them into something and, and leaving with a kind of a promise and no signed PO. There was, there was no yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. It sounded like those people needed some Sandler training, actually. I wish I'd known it back then. <laughs> I know, I didn't even right? know if Lorraine was in business at that point. It may have been oh, pre-Lorraine yeah. even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a soccer guy, love soccer, been mm-hmm. playing since I was a kid, played through high school, played through college, played in men's league, coached. I was the president of the Latham Soccer Club when my kids were young. And long story short, that's where we started sports sign-up. So myself uh... and my, my registrar's husband, who is a software developer, and he developed software to help youth sports organizations run. He developed a product, and I was using it at Latham Soccer Club. And I went to him one day and said, John, if we got this problem, everybody's got this problem, right? We should think about bringing this to market. And thinking that I was really smart. (laughs) John said to me, it was about freaking time he came and talked to me about this because I was waiting. If you weren't going to come to me, I was going to go find someone else to to be a partner. So we built that company up over about 15 years. Mm -hmm. So we started just Great tool. I mean, I've used it when my kids- So did I. Yep. My daughter played soccer. And, and then when we met, because we got introduced through, I think it was Mark Rose. Yeah, that's right. So Mark and I played soccer together. Ah, that, see, everything's intertwined. Yeah. Everything's connected. But yeah, that, we had met just at the point where you were leaving the sports sign-up piece and you hadn't yep. really decided what was next. 
That's right. That's right. Okay. Now this is all. This all makes sense now. So you sell sports sign up, which is now like, isn't it like sports Ill- is sports under like the sports illustrated moniker? So we sold software to Time Inc. Okay. One of the Time Inc. properties is Sports Illustrated. Oh, okay. So they ran it under the Sports Illustrated name. Sure. Subsequently, Time Inc. went out of business, and they sold the software. Our software is now owned by NBC Sports. Oh. Which is okay. run as uh, Sports Engine. Yep. So I think there's mm-hmm. actually yes. I, mm-hmm. I think they're actually sunsetting our old platform mm-hmm. and moving everybody to the newer platform, and they should, right? It's been yeah. how many years since we developed that? Exactly. So what prompted you to? Because I know the timing was right. Yeah. But what prompted you to get into a sales training type of company and owning? and owning the Sandler franchise. So as you know, where we met- Is Lorraine just a really good salesperson? (laughs) (laughs) She she negative reversed me right into it. Um, When I first met Lorraine, I was at Sports Sign Up and I could see the end of the road coming. I knew that we were going to sell or be acquired or something was going to happen. So I started to network myself in the Capital District, get myself out and around and meet people. And I met Lorraine up at Pat's Bar at a, I think it was a, Albany Business Review event. Sure. Long story short, I hired her to come in and train my sales team. That's where yep. you and I met. Mm-hmm. So my interaction with Sandler started when I owned, yeah. was one of the owners of Sports Sign Up. Yeah. I stayed on board at Sports Illustrated Play for about six months and reminded myself how much I hated corporate America yep. and said, I can't do this anymore and quit. And um, worked with another startup for a little while. We started again from the ground up. This one didn't have as happy an ending. Right? And uh, we didn't do our market research and yeah. outside funding wasn't there to be able to build the product. There was another software as a service. So Lorraine had asked me to sit down for lunch and she said, you know, Matt, what are you doing now? And I told her, she's like, would you ever be interested in buying this? I'm getting ready to retire. And I'm like, well, I already paid for it, right? I already went through it. I, <laughs> you feel I know like you're part is. owner already? Yeah. yeah. So I never, I, I wasn't looking to buy this until she put the seed it. in my head. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I was with Sports Sign Up. Yes, I was one of the founders, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Literally, I didn't know anything. I, my business partner, John Howard, God bless him, he really took a chance on me. I was an unknown quantity. You know, I was in pharma sales. Right. I never launched a product. Right. I never built a sales team. I never did those things. Yes, I had a little bit of management experience, but he took a real risk and, and we started to work together. And actually, quick Aside, when we started Sports Sign Up, I owned Sports Sign Up. He owned another company called League Sports Services. Okay. And we had a mutually exclusive agreement with each other that I could only sell his software. Oh, okay. And his software was the only one I could sell, if yeah. I said that right. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And there were quotas on it. And if we reached certain quotas, then we would consider actually working together. Gotcha. Hmm. It's a good we, testing ground. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It was a good way to start. And, you know, the claim to fame of that business besides the exit is the fact that we did it without any outside funding. Yeah. That's impressive. Big sense of pride. Yeah. And I had no idea how big a deal that was when I was going through it. Again, I didn't have any business knowledge at all at the time. Learned so much in that 15 years, like unbelievable. We made company acquisitions. We were acquired, met a gazillion different people. It was just, it was fantastic time. That's awesome. So let's, let's reflect now here on this last seven years with Sandler. Yeah. And thinking about biggest lesson you learn, but maybe even that biggest success moment, not necessarily from, hey, I got this many dollars from a client, mm-hmm. but that endorphin hit, right? The, the one that made you feel, hey, I had a real impact. That's my proud crowning achievement, whatever you want to think of. What would that be? 
So I have a client that I've been working with since I bought the business. We, I met him in the first year and they're still a client. And I go into their sales meetings every month and we do a reinforcement training every month. And that business owner refers to me as part of the sales team. Mm. That's what I like, right? Yeah. So it's part of the management team. He comes to me for counsel. He comes to me for how do you think we should grow this? Should we hire full-time people, part-time people? Should we, you know, and that's, I'm not a business coach. Please don't get me wrong, but yeah. that's where I really enjoyed. That was my kind of moment. And I still have a really good relationship with them. Yeah. And you hang on to those. It makes yeah. you know Absolutely. that, hey, I yeah. sunk in. I got Absolutely. Yeah. My favorite, so, and I'm, this isn't where we were going to go with this, but it just reminded me. So Sandler... If, if anyone hasn't had an opportunity to go through a program or maybe go to a conference or anything like that, I highly recommend it if you're in any type of business management, sales, customer service, et cetera, because I'll, I'll never forget Lorraine. I was sending people through sales training and Lorraine's like, Miriam get your ass in here. She of course didn't say it that way, but I mean, she was like, have been surprised if you she did. are training your people and you don't know what I'm training them. That's mm. not how we should be doing it. Get in here. You need to learn what I'm teaching your people. So one, you can reinforce it. Okay. And two, you should know what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. what if you don't like what I'm doing? Like it was like a really great conversation. So I reluctantly went mm. and then was like a disciple for life. Seriously, and um, ended up getting even more training than I originally anticipated I was going to get. And I always tell Lorraine this, and I tell everybody this, there's, there's two things that I, I always take away from Sandler that have literally freed me and my mind space when mm. it comes to doing sales. Number one, I'm a millionaire. And number two, go for the no. How many no's can you get? And the, the challenge of breaking that barrier of that, I don't need that business. That's the millionaire part of it. And the, I don't want to waste my time. So I want to go for the no. I only want to work with people that want to work with me mm -hmm. has freed me in such a way. And I just, I highly recommend it for anybody who needs help in that area or is a fear of rejection. And, and this isn't even just a salesperson thing. This is just a business thing. Well, there's a big confidence that comes with that. Oh when you're God. talking to somebody who you can tell is ready to walk away from a conversation, suddenly there's a little bit of a glue that happens. Yeah, where it's you're like, like that. Re yeah, you want to, no, don't reject me. No, mm -hmm. no, no, it's like no. Dating. But if you go into <laughs> it like, I don't need your business. I am good at what I do. It's, it's just, a, it was the most eye-opening, freeing moment of, frankly, my career and my business life of running my own business and having to do sales. And, and you know, there's parts of sales that are really fun. Mm -hmm. Love meeting people, love having those exchanges. But then there's the parts of sales that's like, oh, the prospecting or the, 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 the negotiations and the money talk <laughs> and all of those other things. And it literally changed my complete outlook on sales as a business person. So, you know, for anyone who's interested in programs like this, I highly recommend it. And this Checks was not mail, supposed Miriam. to be part of the podcast, <laughs> but I just, I mean, and Hope that's why- Hope you enjoy your dinner. <laughs> but yeah, right, thanks. Thank you. But I mean it. And, it. and I think that's really important that this is an opportunity for business owners and other, you know, I, th I see a play for this in using it in an HR department. I see a play for mm -hmm. it in using it in like you already doing customer service and, and um, line level management and those types of things. Sales is in everything that we do and we don't realize that it actually is in everything that People we do. People don't want to admit it. They don't like the term. They don't like yeah, being stereotyped. It's a negative connotation. Right? You think and they're even, like car salesmen, right? Absolutely. They get the worst rap. Some of them are really, really good at it. That's yeah. right. 
and, yeah. and they get lumped in. And just as we are in our recruiting industry, there are some that are really, really good at it. And there are some that, you know, and I'm not saying locally, but universally in this industry across the United States, across the world, a lot of staffing firms get a bad rap. Bad rap, yeah. definitely. So let's um, talk a little bit about the other things that you're involved with. So I know at least one thing that you're involved with, which is Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yep. So talk a little bit how, um, talk about that organization. I think most people essentially know what it's about, but I, mm-hmm. I think it's evolved a lot. And number two, how'd you get involved with it? So Big Brothers, Big Sisters is in essence a mentoring program for young men and women. Mm -hmm. The kids that are looking for mentors, the parents put their names in and I say parents, caregivers. Mm -hmm. So it could be mom and dad. There are numerous children who are getting mentored uh, that have a mother and a father. Okay. So it's not just mom only or dad only. It's not single parent stuff. Um, Although it could be. Yeah. Um, When you're a mentor, you're a role model, Mm -hmm. right? And the idea is to pair the child up with a compatible, appropriate adult to have a good role model to look at, mm-hmm. to say, here's a situation that I'm dealing with at school. I don't know how to deal with it. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Or as simple as, hey, we're going to the park this weekend. We're not doing anything, right? And, and anything in between. It's influence on young people's lives. Mm. And that's why I got involved. There are a number of different organizations out there that I could get involved in that are always looking for board members, et cetera. I chose Big Brothers Big Sisters because it's going to sound terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. I didn't want to be involved with an organization that was associated with death and pain and suffering, like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Leukemia Lymphoma Society. It's something in me said, I want to be involved in something that's positive. You know, how can we positively impact the right. kids as sure. opposed to how do we prevent that negative from happening? It doesn't sound terrible. It's, you know, that's yeah, it's, everyone's personal preference. It depends on where you look at it, right? So exactly. provide something good to happen or prevent something bad. And, right. I, I and anybody can spin in any number good. one in any different direction, right? You think yeah. of it from, okay, I'm providing a service to those folks that need it. But at the end of the day, what you want to go home with after you've contributed your time and your energy, you want to think about those relationships with those kids. Here's my plug. We have 100 young men on a waiting list. Ugh. 100. Aging from where to where? That's a question that I can't answer definitively, but basically seven or eight years old to 16, 17 years old. Okay. Great. So there's a full range of, of oh my young, gosh. young men, uh, young kids who need some help, some guidance. Women are smarter than men are in this. And, Thank you. And they're more giving <laughs> than men are. So the, the wait list for, mm, for the young under, women I see where you're going with it. is not yeah. like it is for men. Yeah. Very disproportionate numbers of young men waiting mm. for mentors. So where does somebody go now that they've heard this? Right. Where do they go next? What's the first step to, hey, I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'm ready to commit, but... How do I learn more? They can contact me directly. Good. And they could do that a number of different ways. I'll you know, look in the show notes for email address and, and or phone number, or you could go right to the Big Brothers Big Sisters website and, and get more information there. Gotcha. But awesome. I'm happy to talk offline. A lot of people don't like to go right to the source because they're yeah. afraid that they're going to try to get sold on something right. that they don't exactly. know. Exactly. misconception. So that's, that's, that that's, there's too much time, right? I can't, I can't donate all that time. Yeah. That's the biggest misconception. Yeah. Good and to know. You could probably do that an hour a week, even. That's about all it is. Mm. Yeah. And it could make a huge impact in some young person's life. There are stories that would make you cry. 
I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you think about it. It made today, me cry. Yeah. But I'm kind of a baby, so I cry <laughs> easy. There's so many good things to get into, but all the waste of time, like we talk about TikTok at work jokingly, but you know, you get sucked into those videos, <laughs> sucked into listening to NPR maybe. Yeah. Right? An hour is not a big lift. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. So as we wrap up today, we always like to ask everybody, what is in their roadside assistance toolkit? So what's the coolest thing you've heard so far? Oh, God. <laughs> well, there's the survival bag, right? Somebody had a getaway bag. Yeah, That someone, was pretty neat. That was fascinating because the person who was associated with that, I had, would not have guessed in a million years that he had a 72-hour basically- Go bag. Go bag. And it mm. wasn't including his family's no, needs, just his. <laughs> just, just his. his. No. Um, an, another person that I think has already aired, Mario, is it's his gun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his, his sidearm on his him. His sidearm. Well, and Jen Massey was the one who gave us this idea. idea she brought yeah. in a giant basket full of goodies. Basically metaphors for HR. Like this entire basket full of everything from cleaners to magic erasers to chocolate to an eat the no button or an easy button, whatever. So she was not actually started the trend of us starting to ask. Oh yeah. Who's, um, I love you know, Jen. what's She's it? Great. She is. So yeah. and um, some she people actually started that. Some people have as well, you know, yeah, just in some terms people, of a mindset. It's a, you know, mm. mindset or books or, so it could be anything and everything, something that keeps you going, either gets you through a tough time at work or keeps you focused when you're working. It could, it literally could be anything, your interpretation. So I'm going to go figurative. So for me, the, the physical is having my phone with me because I lean on other people all the time. You know, I have other Sandler franchisees that yeah. I lean on. I have family that I lean on. I have a sales peer group that I lean on. I have a small business owners group that I lean on. I have professional people that I, that I talk to, not only as a mentor, but as a mentee. So staying connected is, that's my toolbox. Yeah. Right? And knowing... Mm-hmm. I learned the hard way. I don't have to do it alone. Right. Exactly. And it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. I grew up in a, in a house that was, at least I interpreted it this way, that, you know, don't ask for help because it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that got me through a lot of times is, is having a support network. Absolutely. I did. So it was interesting. I was talking to a, a colleague today and the, the individual's partner got a new job and he was, he was starting to get like very active in networking. And I said, just because he's got the new job, make sure he still networks. It's mm. still important. Like you, a lot of times we give, we put the networking on the back burner or there's our support system on the back burner when, you know, mission accomplished new job or mission accomplished new sale or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And in, in, and so I, I said, you know, if I were to give any type of advice, just don't let your network get stale, keep, interacting with it, keep growing it. And it's, this is a lifetime network. This isn't a this year network, right? right? When I look back and I look at my LinkedIn connections and I go, wow, that's a lot of connections. And honestly, I don't think I have a lot of connections. You know, most people, I see people out there with 5,000, 10,000 connections. I have like a mere 1,500. But of the, that mere 1,500, I will tell you about 80% of them, I could pick up the phone tomorrow and they'd have my back. And that's that's your network. Yep. So um, I love that you brought that up because I think it's so true. And people are afraid to ask for help for whatever dumb reason in their brain. And so I love that you said that because it is actually a sign of strength. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much appreciate fun. Appreciate the opportunity. I can't yeah, believe that you, um, you started um, down a path of chemistry. It's so fascinating to me. I love it. Yeah. I, it was funny this morning. I had a, a, a session at the uh, at the office, and I was writing on the on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. and I put the delta sign up. You know the triangle, yep. so mm-hmm. that always meant change to me. So I, I, something changed. So I put the delta sign up, and and of course my writing sucks. So people are, are they're looking at <laughs> me they're like, that? what the heck are you writing up there, right? But I still go back to some of the shorthand love that it. I used. Math and science, yeah, yeah, love it. Never goes wrong. Well, yep. thank you, my friend. We thank really you. appreciate it. I loved listening to Matt talk about the big brother's big sister connection. Like I knew part of his sales story and how that went yep. through. So mm-hmm. I, it was a little bit, I'm a little biased there, but hearing that connection to ha- he has to why he joined the organization and the almost call out to others to participate, especially with a hundred young men. On a you know, waiting list. Right? Looking for some help. It, it's just inspiring. It, it, it Not in the sense that there's all these kids that need help, but that here's someone who's trying to affect change. Absolutely. No, it was a great conversation with him. I loved, again, I loved his um, story about, you know, going to school for chemistry and having a bachelor's in pharmacy, which, you know, hits home to me because my daughter's going to pharmacy school right now. So, and I didn't know we had that in common. Well, it's, I don't have it in common. And she technically has it in common with him. But you can tell when he talked about big brothers, big sisters, how he got serious, but also like inspiring in a way. So right. it was great to see that. I, I love the part that he said, I'm not a coach. I'm like, yeah, you are. You are really absolutely is. a coach. Really you just is. don't want to admit it. He really, really is. You know, both with the customers and clients that come into his classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I know some of his kids too, and he's a mentor to them. And absolutely. All the relationships. He talked about that networking fabric. You're abs- he's absolutely that sounding board and coach for all those folks too. And Definitely. so it's 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 kind of funny when you when you think about it. You're like, oh no, that that is completely you. So for more on Matt, certainly check out the show notes that we'll have with the podcast. Um, We'll have his email address and information to reach out to him if you are interested in Big Brothers Big Sisters. Also check out Alant.com for more information about other podcasts that we have already um, released or about our organization as well. 